Delaware town was south of Springfield on James River in the early 19th century. Approximately 4,000 Native Americans from the Delaware and other tribes lived there. Live to a hard drive from the 16th floor of the Hammonds Tower. You're listening to Spring Food Mo, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. And this is definitely not the second time we're taking this. <laughs> it was pretty funny the first time, too. Yeah, yeah, it was real good stuff that the listeners will just never get to hear. Maybe the funniest stuff we've ever said. It wasn't um, bad. Life-changing and affirming. We yeah. should probably stop the podcast. <laughs> My name, of course, is Dan Howell, and that fun fact was another one <laughs> from <laughs> Jamie Lewis by way of Laura Weiss. Thank you both, uh, and if you'd like to have your completely unvetted fact read on air, send it to fact at springfoodpod.com. I screwed up the email in the first yeah. take, so uh, fix that. That's a great thing about podcasting, is you know how sometimes you'll say something uh, in life and go back and replay it in your mind, and, oh, I should have said that better. <laughs> you can do it, <laughs> and we do. <laughs> yeah, we, we had no clue that we were even doing that, but uh-huh. the podcasting gods decided that whatever we were talking about was not worthy of being recorded. So, Dan, I'm pretty sure that I stink. <laughs> Andy, elaborate, please. <laughs> I had no clue what you're talking well, about. Well, <laughs> I'd been sick, and my doctor put me on this nasal spray, which had the effect of clearing out my sinuses. And I've been smelling things a lot stronger. And about halfway through the workday, I'm smelling something, and it's stinky. I think it might be me. I think it might be smelly, Dan. So, do I smell? I don't think you normally smell, but I normally don't hang out with you in that time in the it's afternoon true. now. You take two showers a day. Uh-huh. What's the deodorant situation? Because I've used your bathroom a couple times, yeah. and it's usually like a half-used jar of peanut butter <laughs> where the deodorant would be. So that, It's all natural. That could be Organic deodorant. <laughs> I get where you're coming from because you are a teacher and I know that you recently heard that George Washington Carver invented shampoo (laughs) as well as peanut butter. So I get that you would think that they're interchangeable as like a (laughs) hygienic product. Did he invent some sort of peanut based cleaning material? I believe so. Yeah, I think he used he he didn't invent shampoo. I guess that was (laughs) a little uh, overreaching. You know what he didn't invent? What? Peanut butter. Really? Yeah. Peanut butter, I want to say it was something like the Aztecs or something. It wasn't the Aztecs, but <laughs> peanut butter had been around a long time before George Washington Carver started doing his thing. He invented like a hundred plus peanut-based products, but peanut butter was not one of them. Well, I believe he did use his peanuts for a hair cleansing product. Okay. But now that you're bringing this up, I can't trust anything he said. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't think it's him making that claim. No, I he, I personally think George Washington dead. Carver is a fraud. <laughs> but I mean, only because you've told me. <laughs> no. You just said it. I have a picture of him on my kitchen wall. He's a person whose life I admire very much. Have you seen it? Is it um, no, I haven't. It's actually in there. Oh, really? Yeah. He, he's one of the great Missourians. Yeah. Um, or at least awesome. he used to be until you just drug his name through the mud here <laughs> no, on our I very didn't. popular podcast. It's just a fact. <laughs> Pictures on my wall on my kitchen. There's three. One is this Andy Warhol print. It's a dinner table and it's all everyone's done eating. So it's a bunch of dirty plates. I love it. Mm. Old friend used to have that in the house we lived in. I got one for myself. Other one, picture of uh, Keith Richards shirtless making breakfast. Mm-hmm. Love that one also. You know, it's like the 70s. 
No, it's a modern day shirtless Keith Richards making breakfast. <laughs> I wish. Exactly what I want to look at when <laughs> I'm eating. Be such a better photo. <laughs> and the other one is uh, a portrait of George Washington Carver working in his lab. I feel like I've only ever noticed the Andy Warhol one. I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen the other one. It's ones. much more prominently displayed. It's which which kitchen are, are those in? Oh, are, are those this in is the... in the servant's kitchen. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. Wow. I'm really glad you used the word servants. Look, they're paid. <laughs> yes, they, I, they I don't are. have servants. I have one kitchen with photos that I carefully curate. So you seem like you've had an exciting weekend, Dan. I have, Andy. Sprightly. <laughs> am i no not particularly um i got to bed at around 4 a.m this morning oh wow drove back from st louis late last night after seeing hard rock band daughters oh yeah um, a little post-punk some real heavy stuff it was a great great show had a great time the show actually ended before 11 o'clock mm-hmm. got That's on nice. the road it's nice actually we were in the car at 11 o'clock on the dot drove back stopped at white castle still somehow got into town at like 3:45. wow <laughs> the uh wind was very high it was about 50 mile per hour winds last night so i don't know if that was delaying us a little bit but it was absolutely brutal you know we could have recorded later like it no no said three i'll tell you something right now i'm seeing a show in st louis next saturday and we're definitely recording later on sunday you know i i figured i'm staying overnight though i i'm still permeating in the sweat of the show um that's gross it's 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 good stuff it's a good for the record atmosphere awesome of course this is a food podcast oh is it now (laughs) This week's restaurant is Sub Shop, which is a listener request. I think it's maybe the first time we ever, we won't even say listener, we'll say donor request. Someone donated to the show and with their donation sent a restaurant request. I don't know. That guy on Reddit called us. <laughs> oh, we did. He called us a name and we reviewed it. I, I think we had already planned on oh. reviewing that place. Yeah. So. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Bambinas. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. We respond to insults. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> insults and money. Believe it or not, the history of Subshop is both convoluted and surprisingly simple, which doesn't make a lot of sense until you hear this biography segment. <laughs> Let's get into it. Before we really start, we need to set a few things straight. Over the last half century, there have been several different shops in the state of Missouri called the Sub Shop. Not only that, but at one point in Springfield, there was another separate entity called Submarine Sandwich Shop. That's shop with the extra P-E on the end. That was also referred to as just Sub Shop. There's another elephant in the room as well, or elephant in the state? I don't know, whatever. I'm talking about the Sub Shop in Columbia, which has been written about in Feast Magazine and on Thrillist. That sub shop has a cool punk aesthetic and started back in the mid-70s, almost the exact same time as Springfield's sub shops. However, I can tell you with 100% certainty that those businesses are not connected. Their origins are a little murky, but both have had the same different owners for over 40 years now. It's just a coincidence. Dan, I'm feeling a little under the weather. Think you could sub in for me? Uh, I don't think it's that kind of sub, Andy. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, I just had a tickle in my throat and asked for a little help from my co-host and good buddy, but fine. (laughs) 
The submarine sandwich, often shortened to sub, originated in the late 1800s in the northeastern United States. Italian-American families began splitting long bread rolls lengthwise and filling them with, you know, sandwich stuff. Meat, cheese, veggies, and sauces. This particular sandwich style has had many names over the years. Hoagie, Hero, Grinder, Wedge, Spooky, Zeppelin, The Danny. Basically, anytime somebody said, Hey, that sandwich looks like a... And then whatever word came next, I just started calling the sandwich that. For some reason, the name Sub has proliferated the widest, probably due to an inexplicably popular international chain with that word in its name. Something like the opposite of that infernal mega chain can be found in Springfield, Missouri, which has had its very own local submarine sandwich shop since 1972, when a man named Gerald Daughtry opened that very first sub shop on Seminole. This isn't really Daughtry's story, though, because in 1975, he sold the place to another man, Dwayne C. Hewson, and it's been in that family ever since. There isn't much in the paper from Subshop's early days, mostly reports on crimes committed there. On different occasions, the Subshops were robbed at gunpoint, vandalized, and at one time, somebody broke in and stole their air conditioner, which apparently used to be a fairly common crime around here. Obviously, Subshop has been around for nearly 50 years now. The timeline is a little messy, but there were Subshops on Sunshine west of Campbell in the spot that's now a Starbucks, I think, and another on Chestnut just west of West Bypass. Both of those are closed now. For a long time, the main Subshop stood on the west side of the National and Central. You're probably thinking, wait, isn't that the OTC parking lot? Well, yeah, you're right. That location closed in the year 2000, so OTC could build that much-needed parking lot, and the C. Houston's relocated to their current location on McDaniel Street downtown about a year later. In case you weren't keeping track, that's five different sub-shop locations over the years. However, this seminal spot was the first, and it still remains. But if you've been there, you know it's very, very small and doesn't even really have its own kitchen. And that's why, since the downtown location opened, it has been Subshop's home base. Every morning, the bread is made from scratch and baked there, and someone loads up and hauls the day's supplies out to the tiny Seminole location. If they run out, they run out. And when the lunch hours end, someone hauls the supplies back downtown for safe storage. In 2010, Dwayne C. Houston's sons, Ethan and Uriah, officially took over the remaining two subshops, though they had been working there and handling day-to-day -day operations uh, sometime before that, it seems like at least. And the subshops are still going strong, with loyal customers willing to wait in line outside through all kinds of horrendous uh, Missouri weather for those cheap and tasty subs. Or so says their reputation. Here now, listener, as Dan and I describe for you in glorious detail just how horrendous the weather was when we ate at Sub Shop, how cheap and how tasty our subs were, or weren't, but probably were.
<laughs> I, what, what's the importance of that uh, song? You there? don't know it? No. It's Iron Maiden, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's like one of the best metal songs <laughs> of all time. Yeah, I'm not a not a big metalhead, despite my uh, adventures last night. 13 minutes of really? shredding. Really? Yeah, and it's an adaptation of this poem by the romantic poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Ooh. It's like a, his most famous work. It's very long. You know the, the story about the albatross around the neck? That's, no. It's that story. It's that poem. I know the albatross from the movie White Squall, the uh, <sighs> ship that jeff daniels or is it jeff bridges i don't know it's it's one of the jeffs it's jeff bridges i think <laughs> but he uh you know teaches a bunch of like uh boys to um work together as a team uh on a boat speaking of it's working as movie. a team takes more than one person to make a sub <laughs> i guess <laughs> I, I don't think it does <laughs> <laughs> so had you been to sub shop prior to our visit this week i had most definitely been to sub shop the seminal location mm-hmm I remember going there growing up on the days that we could, normally during the summer. Kind of like a once a summer adventure. Uh, okay. This is a place that, for me and a lot of other people, has a lot of lore surrounding mm-hmm. it just because of its uh, very short hours of operation yeah. and cash only. And it's always been whispered about around me. Sure. But, uh, definitely don't have a whole lot of memories of eating there that stick out. How about yourself? I had been to the downtown location at least once before, probably 10 years ago during college. Just met a coworker down there, but I barely remember it. Dan, you and I were going to meet at that downtown location mm-hmm. on President's Day this week, and mm-hmm. I showed up, and uh, they were closed, <laughs> and you showed up, and we decided to go uh, check out the other one, which was open. Yep. So we, we, we lucked out. We would have had to probably pick another place because we were only able to eat there during lunch hours because we had the day off. Yeah, we specifically picked this one because we were both going to have a weekday off. It's something that you cannot get on yeah. the weekends. I wanted it really badly this last <laughs> Saturday, and... It's just impossible. I mean, I get it. You know, it's a it's a family. It's a small number of employees. Just want to keep it reasonable. Have a, you know, function like a regular job, not like a normal restaurant job where you got to work crazy hours and stuff. I get it. Reminds me a little bit of Taylor's, mm-hmm. but we'll see if it stacks up to Taylor's. They kind of let us down. They did, yeah. Didn't quite have the quality to uh, back up those shortened hours mm-hmm. and cash only operation. Dan, we called Sub Shop on Seminole after we'd been shut down at downtown Sub Shop, and they're open, so we drive up there, and I had never been into the, this one before. It is so small. Yeah, so that's small. about the only thing that I remembered about it from mm-hmm. my childhood visits. I think the smallest place we visited on the show, I guess maybe Scully's could be considered smaller, yeah. Although their seating is outside, mm-hmm. so it could be the biggest place that we've visited, actually. I think the only smaller restaurant in Springfield I can think of would have to be the Chicago Cheesesteak place. Oh, yeah, man. It's that just, one is really tight. Yeah. yeah. They have a, their address is a half number. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Even Jamaican Patico was not yeah. this small. This, this is a very tight spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the time we left, I believe the line was starting to go outside. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. we got there right around prime lunchtime. We just beat the rush. Yeah, it, it, waiting for your sandwich <laughs> is really kind of the bane of this place because yeah. we, Andy and I, had kind of had to be buckled into like a almost storage area yeah. of this. Just how, how many square it? feet did you say this place was? Did you did that oh, come up in your research? Up. Wow. What would you say? Probably like six hundred. 
Less than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say like four or five. Our space in the tower is 1,200, so probably much less. Yeah, well, I mean, we had to fit the basketball goals <laughs> in here. <laughs> it was very cold outside, and this building has a heater. It's one of those old, old mm-hmm. heaters, and you can see the fire yes. inside. It was kind of neat. So Dan and I were sort of, we weren't huddled up, but out of necessity, we were sort of cuddled up right next to that. Oh, yeah. Andy and I were cuddled (laughs) up, uh, hands in each other's hoodie pockets, uh, (laughs) sipping uh, on one single glass of cocoa. Uh You know, there were people behind us in line, and you turn around, wait for your order, and it's like, wait, where do we go? There's there's nowhere to go to wait. Do they have a service window where they can, like, give you your food if you're standing outside? I don't know. Good question. I, I almost feel like they might, but maybe it's just not operational for mm-hmm. the winter because yeah, of how cold sense. it is. But it, there are windows all around the prep area back there. Now, because Dan and I are men of science, <laughs> we couldn't just try one sandwich each. No. Absolutely. No, listeners. We each got two sandwiches. Mm-hmm. As is the scientific method. (laughs) (laughs) And also because we had a cash payment for an ad that was exactly the price of four sandwiches. (laughs) Thank you, Jake. Before we actually talk about our sandwiches, I I need to give some context for the remarks I'm going to make. This is all going to revolve around the topic of pastrami. Can you tell me about your own personal history with pastrami? And guys, stick with us here. We will get back to Subshop, but we're going to have to take a pastrami detour. I love pastrami. Okay. I like a hot pastrami. I don't mind a cold pastrami. Big fan of a Reuben. Uh-huh. Don't come at me with that turkey Reuben. I don't want it. Give me the pastrami, baby. My lovely girlfriend, however, has observed that pastrami, much like brisket, is a stinky meat. <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't present the best odor just like straight off the sandwich. Can I tell you something? What? I've never noticed that. Particularly with brisket. I mean, I don't want to turn you off to it in any way. I'm not even going to tell you what she thinks it smells don't. like. But, um, you know, I'm gonna tell you something. get a whiff. You couldn't put me off brisket. <laughs> no. There's no way. Yeah, me neither. She, she, can't, she won't eat it because of this smell that she perceives. I even understand the smell. I kind of get it now. But give Danny his brisket, baby. <laughs> <laughs> My thoughts about pastrami, which will become relevant to our sub shop review, require a story please april 12th 2011 i'm 24 is this a sublime song (laughs) it could be because it takes place in los angeles oh okay at the will turn theater i'm watching queens of the stone age afterward i'm killing time waiting for my uncle kyle to come pick me up and i'm starving so i go to yoshinoya which is basically this bottom of the barrel japanese fast food chain which i didn't know i just thought was open because it was late I texted my uncle to, to pick me up there because, you know, that's we need to have a meeting place. He texted me back a message that said, that's sad. <laughs> I assume he was driving. <laughs> and he told me to throw my food away and he would take me somewhere else. <laughs> so Kyle picked me up and took me to this place called Johnny's Pastrami in Culver City, which was not close. I mean, I don't know if you well, you haven't been to L.A., no. but some of our listeners may have. You know, it's very it's sprawling. Sure. So we drive 30 minutes or something. It's this classic-looking old-time diner with an iconic neon sign. They had this huge, flat griddle behind the bar. You know, mm-hmm. like a really big one. Almost like you see it steak and shake, yeah. that kind of thing. 
when you order you watch the cook take the meat out of a huge metal pot sort of shake shake some liquid off and throw it onto the griddle with some onions fry it up and throw it on a bun with cheese right in front of you this all happens like you know feet from your face it's one of the best sandwiches i've ever had one of my strongest food memories you know sometimes your memory of a meal is so good that it couldn't possibly have actually been that good yes like you've just elevated it or romanticized it rudy's breakfast tacos yes Austin, yes Texas. yeah so when you try it again you're going to be disappointed like it's Absolutely. inevitable i just may not ever try it again not the case with johnny's pastrami i went back uh two summers ago this time it was after a kendrick lamar show i'm cool i like good music <laughs> <Wow. Okay. laughs> and it was even better than i remembered hot pastrami one of the best things i've ever eaten just just going to town on cheesy beef at 1 a.m it's like an impossibly high standard and it almost certainly influenced how I felt about Subshot because basically I set them up to fail because when we went for one of my sandwiches, I ordered hot pastrami. I knew it was a mistake. I knew this going in and I want to apologize to Subshop for my mistake <laughs> of ordering a thing that I knew could not meet these impossible standards. The menu described the hot pastrami sandwich thusly and you, you got to bear with this is a long detailed description. <laughs> yes, as are all their menu descriptions. Pastrami, lettuce, mayo, and <laughs> yes. mustard. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so first off, it must be stated that the submarine roll was great. Yes. It had clearly been fresh baked that morning or even if honestly, if you'd have told me it had just come out of the oven, it tasted that fresh. It was so, so good. It was soft and warm, but also firm. Mm -hmm. You definitely had to, you know, put a little strength behind the bite, just the right amount of strength, I'd say. It wasn't tough or anything, but oh man, the texture, the taste, that roll was wonderful. Let me show you your roll thoughts. I kind of thought the exact same thing. Uh, I imagine <laughs> these sandwiches kind of live and die by this delicious sub roll. Both of mine were so good. Love that outer crust. Love the light fluffy inside. Did you go wheat on yours? I think I went wheat on both of mine. I got one white and one wheat. And I'll get to my wheat sandwich here in a little bit. I Well, I believe I had both wheat. Um, I don't know what else to say about this roll. I'm very used to a Subway <laughs> roll <laughs> as far as just these uh, long Italian pieces of bread go. I worked at Subway mm -hmm. for about a year. And it is truly disgusting compared <laughs> to this like piece of art mm -hmm. bread that you're getting. Oh, it's so good from some shop. Honestly, I feel like everything else we're going to talk about is almost made irrelevant by the bread. Almost. Yeah. I don't know what I would do if I got a sandwich from there on a bad piece of bread. Mm -hmm. I, like, I, I doubt it happens very often. Mm -hmm. So typically when I think of a pastrami sandwich, I think of the Jewish deli style with meat straight off the grill and loaded with onions and a bunch of gooey white cheese. That's not even remotely the type of entree sub shop serves. Sure. So it's not fair to compare it. I keep going on about this because it informs how I enjoy any pastrami sandwich. Okay. Now cheese wasn't mentioned on the menu description for this item. So that was my mistake. I was expecting cheese, despite the fact that right in front of me, it did not say cheese, sure. but I expected cheese. So again, I, this this sandwich, I, I, I'm not treating it fairly. I'm just trying to be open with everyone about this. What cheese do you put on a pastrami sandwich? Because I don't know that I am necessarily needing a cheese. Some white Swiss pastrami. would be yeah. good. I get that. Yeah. Like I said, roll was delicious. 
The inside of the sandwich mostly tasted like those four components mixed together into a single flavor and texture was pretty mushy, but also pretty good. So nothing that made my head spin, just a nice, pleasant, general deli flavor. You know that deli flavor? It's kind of fresh. I'd honestly prefer to be able to distinguish between each flavor before a sub sandwich at this price point. Both these sandwiches were $4.50 each. At this price point, I certainly didn't mind. The meat made up, I'd say, a fifth of the sandwich, maybe three or four thin, very thin slices of pastrami. It's a pretty thick uh, loaf of bread. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bread. It was a great proportion for a lunch spot. Yeah. I don't want to be carrying around a belly full of half a pound of beef back to work with me if I was going back to work. I'd say it's about 50-50 bread to ingredients mm-hmm. on bread. That's fair. Yeah. But when you you know break it down by ingredient, I'm saying... There's not a whole lot of meat on the sandwich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a good way. In a good way. My last note is that this particular sandwich was a little dry for my taste, even with all my other baggage that I'm bringing to this pastrami sandwich. Again, this is mostly my fault for not noticing that it didn't come with cheese, but I also would have appreciated a little more mayo, a little more mustard to fatten it up a bit. Sure. Sure. Tell me about your first sandwich. My first sandwich, as I said, was on wheat. And actually, Karen was asking just a second ago that we do a roll call. So you said you had one wheat. So that makes three wheat, one white, Karen. (laughs) Thank you. That, that's been the roll call for this week. I wish you'd have tried the white, because I have to tell you, I liked the white much more. I imagine it was probably better. I was just going for a little healthier option. I I normally get my sandwich on wheat uh-huh. whenever I'm going for one, just because it is so much bread that like I might as well be eating wheat bread. Uh, so I just really didn't want to deviate from what my normal sandwich order would be, which is why this week I went with the super. Hmm. Now, this is... Very close to a Italian sandwich, although they do have an Italian as well. But this one has salami, ham, pepperoni, cheese, mild peppers, lettuce, and sub sauce. Oh. Now, I was unable to identify what exactly that sub sauce was. I was getting a lot of the pepper flavor, so I didn't know what was coming from those banana peppers and what was said sub sauce. But that's pretty close to what my normal sandwich order would be. I love an Italian sandwich. Got to go with that wheat bread to kind of offset all those fatty meats on there. It was lovely. I I really, really enjoyed it. The ratio of all the different meats to peppers. Um, I normally actually wouldn't get peppers on there. But these really brought something else to the sandwich that i love i love a good pepper on a sub sandwich i normally stay away from them because i'm not a fan of like the gardenia peppers Mm. but i i do enjoy kind of a banana pepper like the yellow peppers but if i get those peppers on there that are wildly different than a banana pepper you totally misunderstand what i meant but what i like what i like to do is just to take a piece of bread and just empty an entire container of crushed black pepper oh okay onto it and just eat that. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> so my second sandwich, I got a chicken ranch on a wheat bun. Ooh. Chicken, bacon, cheese, lettuce, and ranch. Now, was this hot like the other one? It was. It was not listed on the hot menu. It was listed on the special menu. They had five different subs listed on the special. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll try something from that one. Sure. But it did wind up being a hot sandwich, which, again, I regret because I wanted my intention was to try a cold sandwich. For some reason, I assumed this would be a cold one. I don't know why. 
very explicitly, the menu is cut up into subs and hot subs. Yeah. So both of my sandwiches off the sub menu were very cold. I love a cold cut sandwich. Yeah. So I would not expect it to be hot either. The wheat bread, like I said, I didn't like it as much as the white. It didn't have that same fresh taste. It was still good, but just something about it. Maybe it was because I had the white first and was so surprised that it was so fresh and tasty that maybe it was that expectations thing again. Sure. I'm not saying it was bad. It just didn't surprise me like the white bread did. The chicken ranch was a much heartier sandwich than the pastrami, which is not what you'd expect. Switching from red meat, the poultry... But there was a lot more ranch on there than there had been mayo and mustard on the pastrami. Hmm. This one had a lot more noticeable differences in texture in each bite also. I think because the chicken came in chunks, maybe half-inch cubes, and the melted cheese created a layer of separation between the lettuce and the ranch and the meat. The ranch and cheese also gave the sandwich that extra moistness that I felt had been missing from my pastrami. Overall, I really enjoyed the chicken ranch sandwich, and I'd highly recommend it to anyone in need of a quick lunch option. However, I mean, <laughs> I wish I could take, I wish, wish I could like Frankenstein parts of these two sandwiches sure. together to make a sandwich that I was wholly satisfied with because this isn't the restaurant's fault. This is operator error. This is my choices. I would have gotten the chicken ranch on white bread. That would have been the ultimate as far as what I ordered that day. The chicken, did you, was it cubed, it's sliced, cubed. or chunked? Good question. I guess I didn't examine it thoroughly enough. I would say probably either cubed or chunked or cuby chunks or chunky cubes. <laughs> okay, just make it sure. <laughs> now, you ended up with two hot sandwiches. I did. I went straight cold. The Italian, or the super, excuse me. You're excused. I knew it was going to be cold. And then I went with my very, very favorite cold sandwich. The chicken salad. Ooh, yeah. Which is a bit of a roll of the dice because I would kind of think of this place as more of a place for cold cuts or uh -huh. slices of meat. But I love a good chicken salad, Andy. I love a good chicken salad. And I had to see how this one stood up. The menu reads chicken salad, lettuce, tomato, and mayo. <laughs> Very detailed mm -hmm. description there. I, I got to say, we're making fun, but I like the simplicity. None I, of that flowery language that you get some places. The only thing that I would say on this one particularly is maybe just indicate what exactly is in the chicken salad. Because ah. I know some people are going to be turned off by an apple. Some people are going to be allergic to a walnut. And some people may not like a grape. A grape. That's what the thing I was going to mention. If I get a chicken salad with a grape, I'm out. This was straight up grape. Oh, it was. No okay. apple. No walnut. Just grape. Shredded chicken, not chunked or cubed. <laughs> I'm not even sure what chunked means. <laughs> and I, I said it, and I don't know that I had an actual picture of it in my mind, but I'm sure it's a thing. Um, <laughs> this was delicious. I This one, I think, went perfect on the wheat bread. Uh, I think the sandwich was moist enough, and there was enough chicken salad applied to the sandwich that it really just, like brought the whole thing to life i think it brought the moistness to the bread that wheat is probably normally missing that you mm -hmm. maybe get with a white bread it was awesome i i really i'm always kind of expecting to be let down by a chicken salad sandwich because it really is like i i don't know if it's just something that people have their own very specific tastes about the way they like it or if it's just something that's easy to screw up. But this was perfect. I had to add just a little pepper to it because I like a little more pepper in my chicken mm -hmm. salad. Had some uh, original sun chips, which we haven't gotten into our sides yet. But 
I went to another store to grab some OG Sun Chips. I wanted <laughs> the uh, experience to be as close to my normal sandwich ordering gotcha. experience with my perfect chip. And that original Sun Chips, something about it, I just love. It's kind of bland, but I love that crunch. Love the little hint of salt. It's my perfect sandwich chip. What about you, Andy? You got a perfect sandwich chip? I don't think you know this about me, but I don't eat chips. Wow. Yeah. Um. Once I pop, I can't stop. <laughs> you never popped to begin with. Uh, early on, when Lindsay and I were dating, I told I made this claim that I could eat one Lay's potato chip and just not go back for more. And she sure. didn't believe me. And uh, it has come up many, many, many times over the years that that is, is in <laughs> fact, a thing that I can and now will do with regularity because it's funny. Well, I do want to say you are conflating two separate slogans. I know. Um, Lays is you cannot eat just one, which I do find very false. Uh, classic Lays potato chips are garbage and only one or less should be eaten. In fairness, this was actually Ruffles, if my memory serves. Now, then we're talking a little different. Ruffles, that's a solid chip. It's not that I don't like chips. It's that it's more like stomach real estate. It's not worth, <laughs> the taste isn't worth filling up the stomach when I could be putting other stuff in there. I disagree. My, my uh, sandwich got to have that crunch. It's about the crunch to me. It's not even about the taste. What I got in lieu of chips was baked potato salad. Ooh. I just ordered potato salad because that's all it says in the menu is sure. potato salad. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm be being very visual to Dan today. <laughs> like I'm doing a lot of talking with my hands. A lot hands. of gesturing, yeah. <laughs> it just said potato salad. But I believe Ethan C. Houston was the man working. And he said, which one do you want? We got the baked potato salad or more traditional potato salad. And I was like, what's a baked potato salad? Oh, come on, Andy. That's my preferred potato salad. I guess I just don't know a lot about potato salads. but So it's prepared like a normal potato salad, but made with baked potato fixins. Mm. So rather than mayo as the congealant, which you know I'm sure cooks would love to hear their foods <laughs> talked about with the phrase congealant. This had sour cream and mixed in were chives and bits of shredded bacon. It was very creamy, but at the same time, the chunks of potato were big enough and had been cooked in such a way that they had to be chewed. They didn't have that melty quality some potato salads have. You know what I'm saying? With a kind of melt in your mouth. Yeah, I absolutely know what you're saying. Was there cheddar in there? I do not know. Chance. I think there was some cheese, grated cheese. Now, that's what I would call a loaded potato salad. Ooh. However... I would still expect it to be uh, held together by mayonnaise and not sour cream. I don't know if I've ever actually experienced what you're talking about. I am only working from memory, and I have a notoriously poor memory, but I'm pretty sure the man who gave us the food said that it was sour cream. Wow. I could be mistaken. That's very interesting. I'd like to try that. It was so tasty. I'm going to go ahead and say this is my favorite thing of everything that I ate. It was incredibly addictive. It came in a small container, and when it was gone, I was desperate for more. Honestly, they could serve an entree portion of this baked potato salad, and it would go over like gangbusters, or I would order it, at least, if it was even remotely convenient for me to do so on a regular basis. I'd say only 10-15% of the time are you ordering potato salad at all and getting anything that's good. I agree, and yet... It's kind of like you rolling the dice on the chicken salad. I almost always will get it if it's an option. I, it's so often like a Cisco side, just something that feels mm -hmm. like not prepared in-house. Uh, that, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. 
We also split an order of cookies. Ooh. Because we're cookie boys. <laughs> yeah, we are. I <laughs> forgot about that cookie, Andy, until you just brought it up. Do you know why? Why? Because I ate it in the car before so I, I ever got my sandwich. <laughs> I, I shoved that in my mouth so quickly. I was so hungry. That was part of it. It was great. I hadn't eaten that day. Mm-hmm. I had a dentist appointment in the morning, and you and I had plans. And actually, I'd taken my nephews to the Wonders of Wildlife and all this stuff. So it was like one o'clock by mm-hmm. the time I got home and I was starving. And yeah, that, that cookie was half gone by the time I got home. Just oh, it was full gone. And I was I trying home. not to eat it. I, you know, it, I made it half the drive home and it's like a 10 minute drive at most. I could just like feel my hand wanting to creep over there into the bag. Eventually it did. And half that cookie was gone. It's a pretty uh, thin cookie. It's a mm-hmm. very flat pressed, super buttery. It kind of it kind of falls apart just like in the packaging it's so whenever i see it falling apart like that i'm just like well it's not even a full cookie yeah. anymore i might as well eat it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it i mean it melted in my mouth andy yeah dude i'm gonna read to you my notes please okay rich and buttery comma thin and soft comma melts in your mouth yes yeah I, <laughs> there's no other way to describe it i really love this cookie i mean it was a good cookie what else is there to say they killed it the thin, soft consistency reminded me a little bit of the cookies we got at Big Fat Burritos a few months ago. Yeah, Different yeah, kind of absolutely, cookie. Yeah. The same kind of consistency for sure. May, may they rest in peace. Yes, RIP Big BFB, Fat Burritos. we miss you. I think that about wraps up our meal at Subshop. That's everything I had. I'm ready to rate. So let's rate it by, hmm, <laughs> Sandwich Shacks. <laughs> oh, very original. <laughs> um, no, I think that's perfect. All right. <laughs> Andy, yes. Out of five sandwich shacks, what would you rate Sub Shop? Okay. Sub Shop is not one of my favorite places that we've covered, but they excel at what they set out to do. Sure. I don't know why anyone would ever go to Subway or Jimmy John's or Firehouse in Springfield, at least if they lived or work within a few miles of a Sub Shop location. Yeah, if it's Monday through Friday between the hours of 10 a.m. and 2.30 p.m., mm-hmm. no excuse. If, if it's that time and you're choosing a chain, you're a fool. These are quality budget sandwiches, perfectly proportioned for a satisfying lunch, which is exactly what this place exists for. Dan, I'm going 3.5 sandwich shacks for the sub shop. And if you're a new listener tuning in for the first time because sub shop is your place, please understand that 3.5 is a good score this isn't yelp where anything less than five might as well be a zero i like sub shop a lot as a dependable lunch option 3.5 sandwich shacks i feel like that's fair i feel like it's good andy we've dealt with a place similar to sub shop in the past as uh we talked about uh taylor's old-fashioned hamburgers or whatever their name is um they have so many out there i just realized that we have eaten at a smaller place country girls espresso Oh, yeah, yeah. That one is very miniature. However, like I said with Subway, since the seating is all outdoors, it is really the largest place. Yeah, yeah. Um, unending. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's very funny. <laughs> Taylor's accepts cash only. They have very similar hours to Stub Shop and... They did not deliver the uh, quality of hamburger that I would expect Mm -hmm. from a place that 
is so limited in what they do and what they're producing and has been around for so long. While I do want to revisit Taylor's and I, I do believe that they have a better quality of product than what I had for my episode, mm-hmm. there was just nothing wrong at Sub Shop. Yeah. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. $9 for a full 12 inches of sandwich. Crazy. Two what different a deal. kinds of sandwich. You're not getting a $5 foot long, but their 456 inch is much more satisfying and probably just as filling as whatever you're getting at Subway. For certain. I I can't go below 4.5. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish that they were open more hours. I wish that they were open on Saturday desperately because I would eat Sub Shop 4. every Saturday. 5. I. I don't know what that's great. What what I would deduct any more for? That's Both awesome, the sandwiches man. I had were absolutely delicious. I wish that they served original Sun Chips, but even then, I don't buy chips from sub shops because <laughs> I just go to Walmart, baby, and get them for cheaper. That's a little Springfield <laughs> Spring Food Mo pro tip for y'all. <laughs> All right, congratulations, Sub Shop. That's an average of 4.0, but we don't do averages. So. No, no, we, do. we don't and we never have. <laughs> math is bad. <laughs> I love math, actually. So now, Dan doesn't know this, but we're going to run a short ad, but it's not a real ad because nobody paid for it, and you'll find out why oh, right now. I'm excited. <laughs> was the end of the song times square by chris staples i've been a huge fan of chris's since around 2003 he's just one of my all-time favorite singer songwriters on saturday march 9th chris staples will be playing in springfield and uh this is crazy but he's going to be playing in my living room Choosing which songs to play here is a challenge because there are like 50 Chris Staples songs that I love. I'm going to stick a full one at the end of the episode too, so stay tuned for that. When he was younger, Chris used to play in these kind of aggressive, angsty rock bands, but over the years he's mellowed out and now he does these dreamy, hazy, heartfelt songs about trying to be a good person. Here's one called Dark Side of the Moon, which just kills me. I love singing this song to my nephews. Saturday, March 9th. Come to the show. It's going to be intimate and very chill. People are hanging out, having some drinks, and listening to some great songs. I've been to a few of Chris's house shows before, and they're always these special lightning in a bottle type nights. You really don't want to miss it. For tickets, visit chrisstaplesmusic.com. chrisstaplesmusic.com. And now back to your regularly scheduled blather. <laughs> So yeah, that's happening. And just to be clear, I'm just hosting the show. I'm not making any money from it or anything like that. This is just something I'm doing for fun, volunteering my space. So if anybody wants to come, come. If you buy a ticket, the address will be on the ticket. I, I know that you had told me about some of his uh, like 
living room tours uh-huh. that he's done before, but I, I had no clue that he was playing here. That's yeah, exciting. In my in my house. Yeah. It's very cool. I, uh, he was in this band called 238 when I was in high school, and I think I saw them play the New Brew Coffee House in 2003 or 2004. Ah, all right. So, New Brew. Yeah. And I just loved that band and kind of idolized him in particular and then he did a thing where he sort of uh it was like a kickstarter thing except it was you could raise money and he would come play a show at your town this was like 10 years later or something and i wound up organizing this like benefit show to put together money to book him and he wound up coming and we sort of like became friends uh i mean he's a super nice dude like when I've been in the Northwest, I just went up and hung out with them in Seattle a couple times. So just kind of this rare, rare, weird experience where somebody whose music I really loved kind of became my friend. (laughs) It's really neat. It's similar what happened to me and uh, Danny Brown. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Wherever I'm up in the D, we we usually kick it up there. And uh, it's not yet announced but uh coming soon uh, <laughs> l- look forward to uh danny brown playing my living room i think the photo in our logo i took your head from a photo of you with andrew wk <laughs> oh really that's <laughs> yeah. where that came from I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah yeah uh me and dubs are pretty good buds as well <laughs> so the oscars were this week dan did you watch I caught every single exciting <laughs> moment of the uh, 89th Annual Academy Awards this weekend. You know, I love movies. You know this about me. Most yes. of the listeners probably do by this point. Really, uh, if there weren't a thousand other movie podcasts, I'd probably be doing that instead of a food podcast. Oh, I mean, you've desperately tried to shoehorn them into our podcast. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> we are now going to uh, congratulate some of the winners yeah. uh, from the Oscars. Yeah, they 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 were trying to change it up this year. They were going to do some awards off the air. Sure, and they did. They surprised everybody with some awards uh, that nobody expected. Yeah. So I just thought we should take this opportunity to uh, congratulate some of the winners of these uh, special new awards. The George Washington Commemorative Trophy for Outstanding Achievement in the Wearing of False Teeth went to Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Dan Rami Malik truly made me believe that he was an actor wearing some false teeth. <laughs> uh, every moment he was on screen, I would look at him and think, wow, those teeth are not real. <laughs> so congrats to Rami Malik on his big win. Yeah, congrats, Mommy, and congrats, everybody. <laughs> congrats, in- <laughs> Let's move along. <laughs> They gave out one called the Golden Average Joe Award for heroic baseline human decency. The The movie that took that one home was Green Book, <laughs> oh, yeah. a film that tells the touching tale of a human being who becomes a true hero for deciding that another human being is, in fact, a fellow human being entitled to basic civil rights. Yes, the Academy just needed to honor movies that set the bar for heroism so low that it's basically a drinking straw laying on the floor. You can just step over it. Uh, congrats, Green Book, for exalting a man for barely achieving neutral karma. I, I'm just <laughs> glad that uh, Peter Fairley is getting the Oscar he deserved from uh, the Heartbreak Kid. Look, I'm going to break the fourth wall here, I guess is what I'm doing. Stuck on you rules. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> Yeah, we discussed this a few days ago, and um, I think I was a little harsh on Stuck on You to uh, Andy. The special commendation for coming out 
the Oscar that spotlights a movie that you may have forgotten exists. Uh, this year's special commendation for coming out went to Solo, a Star Wars story. Ah, yes, I did forget that. You may, yeah, you may have forgotten, but there's a Han Solo movie in the world now, and there always will be. So well done, Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were already like three pretty good Han Solo movies out there, but uh, <laughs> we definitely needed that one. <laughs> Best movie about a song my mom and grandma love. <laughs> a song I saw perform live on a weird date in high school. It went to I Can Only Imagine. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's real. You know this? <laughs> I think this should have also got the coming out award because I have never heard of it. <laughs> and guess what, Dan? I can only imagine how that movie was because I didn't watch it. Because mm. it's about a bad song. <laughs> and there was the award for Outstanding Achievement in O'Reilly's Auto Parts product placement. Oh. That award went to Clint Eastwood's The Mule. Really? A lot of O'Reilly's in there? Several That's egregious cool. shots of a sullen mugging Clint Eastwood standing directly in front of an O'Reilly's. Hmm. A friend of mine who works in marketing in O'Reilly's had no idea about it. <laughs> so I think maybe they just did that? Hey. Way to go, Clint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clint, you are good. <laughs> this next one got weirdly specific. I might have been hallucinating. Uh, maybe I... Yeah, none of these other categories have been weirdly specific. During the Oscars. <laughs> Tell us about this next one. And dreamed this one. This was... The same height as Andy, oh. no for real award, went to Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Fallout. Wow, you guys have a lot of things in common, yeah, actually. We love Xenu. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, where we go. It's true. We're both 5'6". And we were also both once married to Nicole Kidman. Oh. At the I same time. <laughs> wow. Nicole Kidman, secret polygamist. And me too, I guess. And uh, it's true that you were cast in Eyes Wide Shut. Um, <laughs> I wore a mask. Let's just say yes, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not a secret anymore. Don't believe me? Well, go ask Nicole. <laughs> yeah, try. Yeah, I was between the ages 4 and 15 at, <laughs> at the time. What of it? And that's all. That's the, that's the end. Wow. <laughs> that's all their special awards. <laughs> Nothing sweaty about this. Yeah, and congratulations to the movie that we all know won Best Picture uh, right now because it is the day after the Oscars came out, um, or two days after. Um, and that movie, of course, was, I'll, I'll say it with a, you at the same time, Andy. Green uh, Book. Green Book. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Here's Green what Book. I think. Green Book wins Best Picture. Never mind. Who cares? I'm cutting this out. <laughs> it's time for a game. Ladies and gentlemen of Spring Food Mo, welcome to Breadwinner, America's number one game show about sandwiches and bread. Yay! <laughs> Please, calm down. Uh, competing this week for a chance at $10,000 from Missouri, Whoa. we have Andrew Carr. Hey, that's me! <laughs> Andy, how are you doing this week? I'm great. Um, love bread! <laughs> you do love bread. Uh, you've done a lot of research on bread this week, so I think you have a pretty good chance in this competition remember it is both bread and sandwich related 
what are you going to do with this $10,000 if you win? I mean, it, it must be pretty exciting to even be here with the chance to get this crash. This, this, uh, this, uh, the, 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 uh, bread, if you will. <laughs> I'll probably donate it to the Community Foundation of the Ozarks or someplace that's out there doing good for the community. Maybe the Ark of the Ozarks, something like that. That's good, and I, I think I just saw something on their uh, Facebook the other day that they were needing exactly ten thousand dollars, or they would have to shut down. So um, <laughs> that's very uh, heroic of you, and I, I, I wish you all the luck in the world. Um, you ready to get into this? Yeah, sure. All right. First question, Andrew. From which spread? <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to need you to buzz in first, please. From which city does the hero originate? Jersey City. Oh, buzz. Andy. Jersey City. That is incorrect. Okay. It is New York City. And a bonus question. Wait, they made a city of that? (laughs) (laughs) We're lazy calling it (laughs) New York City. What decade was the term hero coined in? Oh. Buzz. <laughs> Andy. 1960. Wrong. Mm. Uh, it was the 30s. So far, you have zero points on the board. Second question. From what region does challah bread come from? Buzz. Andy. Jerusalem. Andy, we're going to go ahead and give that to you. That is correct. Challah is a product of Israel, uh, Poland, and other Jewish communities worldwide. Okay. So good job with that one. You've definitely done your bread research. Uh, you've got one point on the board. Next question. Andy, mm-hmm. from which city does the hoagie come from? Philadelphia? Oh, Buzz. Andy. Philadelphia? That is correct, Andy. Right! Two points on the board with a chance for a bonus. What do they call it? Whenever it's toasted. Now, this is a hoagie in Philadelphia. What do they call it when it's toasted? A toasty? Andy, I'm going to need you to please buzz in. Buzz. Andy. A toasty? Wrong. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They refer to it as a grinder. Now, Mm. as you probably already know, a grinder is just a New England style sandwich anyway. However, specifically in Philadelphia... A toasted hoagie is a grinder. Next question. Question number four. Andrew, name four bread options from Sub Mega Chain Subway. Um, I don't eat there, so it's going to be really hard. I'm going to go with white and wheat. Okay. Sesame. Wrong. Asiago. Uh, No. I'm going to give you two more guesses. There's one that looks like an everything bagel. I know that. Nope. There's not. There's not? Nope. There's one with some cheese. (laughs) It looks orangey. (laughs) The orangey cheese bread. Okay. We'll go ahead and give you that one. That one is Italian urban cheese. You did not buzz in. Urban cheese? (laughs) Yes. Italian urban cheese. (laughs) It's from the inner city area of Italy. Yeah. (laughs) So the different options were white Italian, wheat, honey oat, Italian herbs and cheese. Formerly, there was a Monterey cheddar, which whenever I worked there, a lot of people would call monetary cheddar um, because of the excellent education system here. Mm. Uh, Come on now. (laughs) You also had the options of white or wheat flatbread or 
currently available for a limited time, ultimate garlic cheese bread. Now, doesn't that sound tasty, Andy? Actually, it does sound tasty, but the fact that it's coming from Subway... Maybe we should do them next week. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've teased the we've dis- discussed doing Subway since you worked there. Oh, Maybe man. someday. Oh yeah, it'd be quite the adventure. A uh, bonus question for oh. that one: How many grains does their wheat bread have? I'm pretty sure I forgot to buzz in the last question. Do we need you to go back and redo did. it? Uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, buzz, <laughs> Andy. Seven. Wrong. Nine. Seven grain. Have you ever, ever heard of a seven grain bread? Who's How? heard of a nine grain bread? Just being ridiculous, Andy. I really expected you to like pull this one out for the Ark of the Ozarks, but <laughs> guess you don't care. Um. Anyway, so I believe you have three points on the board. You did very poorly in that last <laughs> question, but thankfully we are only playing to four points. So are we out of questions? And final question, oh. Andy, for $10,000 going to the Ark of the Ozarks so that they can remain open and provide <laughs> the wonderful service that they do. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. Name. Can I phone a friend? <laughs> you absolutely can. Okay. Name the founding members of 1970s rock group Bread. <laughs> Responsible for hits. <laughs> Baby, I'm gonna need you and Guitar Man. I'm gonna phone a friend. Andy has chosen to use his single phone a friend option. Uh, and this is a. It's my brother. Okay. <laughs> Hi. You're, you're live on Spring Food Mo. Oh, wow. America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. So here's a situation, Jeffrey. Um. We're in the middle of a game show about bread, and I phoned you uh-huh. because I need help answering a question. Okay. Now, I decided to do this before I'd heard the question. <laughs> so, Dan, Dan, can you remind him what the question is? Jeff, Andy, name the founding members of 1970s rock group Bread. <laughs> so, Jeffrey, you're an expert on 70s rock, right? No. <laughs> You're not familiar with uh, the Guitar Man or Baby, I'm gonna need you. No. This is. Uh, I'm glad that I used this uh, lifeline, <laughs> Jeff. We're gonna need an answer from yeah, you. I need some help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about 1970s rock. <laughs> so you're well, saying you can't name any of the four founding members of the rock group Bread. No. Can you name any 70s rock person? Mm, not with certainty, no. <laughs> All right. Well, we were looking for <laughs> David Gates, Jimmy Griffin, <laughs> Rob Royer, Mike Botts, and we also would have accepted Larry Nectel. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, maybe next time. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, no <laughs> say, say hi to your children for me. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Worth the time. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded so happy <laughs> about that. Um, well, I interrupted his vacation <laughs> for that. <laughs> 
You guys, that is Breadwinner. Unfortunately, Andy did lose and uh, did not get the $10,000. So Ark of the Ozarks will be shutting down, unfortunately, <laughs> due to Andy and his brother Jeff's <laughs> very poor knowledge of 1970s rock group. Oh, boy. Bread. Well, on that positive note, we should probably close out the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please tell your friends to subscribe if you think they'd like it. Though, after that segment, I don't even know why we would try to get people to listen. Can you tell that I wrote that at 2 a.m. last night in the car on the way home from St. Louis? <laughs> anyway, for real, though, thank you for listening. Um, let people know if you think they'd like it. Go check out the sub shop for a tasty lunch. Stay tuned after the episode for another Chris Staples song. Uh, come to that show. Buy tickets to that. We have no idea what we're going to do next week. We no have clue. not even talked about it. Andy, you should probably take a shower. <laughs> You're getting ripe. <sighs> you got real sweaty during that uh, round of breadwinner, and uh, the peanut butter is not concealing the smell. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe, share with friends. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Spring Food Mo. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to support our podcast, guess what? You can. Visit support.springfoodpod.com. That's support.springfoodpod.com. Thanks for the money. <laughs> Spring Food Media. got the raw material, all you're ever gonna need You are a Mayflower just waiting in the weeds Gonna go so far, gonna go so far Don't worry about where you are, don't worry about where you are
Oh man, I love that song. Come to the show. Go to chrisstaplesmusic.com to figure out how to buy tickets. Also, that song's called Mayflower, and it's from an album called Faces, which you can download for free on Chris Staples's Bandcamp page. I swear I'm not gonna like use the show to shill for stuff all the time. This is a very special occasion. All right, see y'all next week. <laughs>